And now, Rembert explains. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Rembert Explains, or welcome for the first time. If uh, you've never heard this or watched this, I am here with my colleague, my friend, Julianne Escobedo Shepard. Hello, Julianne. Hi, Rembert. How's it going? I am so happy you're here. I've, like, you know, I basically, when I decided to do this, I had like a short list of people that I was like, eventually, I need to have this person here. Julianne's one of those people. Hey, thanks. That's so nice. Julianne is the culture editor at Jezebel. Mm -hmm. uh, Started a vertical under Jezebel called The Muse. I like to think of it as a section. A section. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm done with the word vertical. I don't I'm know. O- I'm over it. I, I don't mean, really it's, know what it means It's either. actually technically a diagonal. Wow. Um, but I like to think of it as a section cause, just because I come from magazines. Shout kind out of. Gawker Media just making up words like yeah, diagonal. Gawker, <laughs> it's really good it's more of an adjacent. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like an accoutrement. <laughs> How would you describe the point of the muse versus stuff that just is on Jezebel throughout? Um, I think that it still obviously is under the purview of Jezebel, so it's very focused on women and and um, employing women writers. Yep. Um, but it is probably a little bit more niche culturally okay. than things that Jezebel has posted in the past. Like, I'll just randomly throw up a video by... Baltimore club rapper TT the artist. Yes, and I don't know if that necessarily is like. I think I, I would have been on Jezebel. I think before. I saw a video yesterday of churches doing a cover of something of um, Crimea River. Crimea River. Yeah, and I was like, oh, that is not a normal Jezebel piece. Yeah, but also like. Shout out to that post. We're just like, yeah, shout hey, out to that post. Internet, Gia, right? Gia Tolentino wrote that post. <laughs> shout out Gia. Good. Shout out Gia. Shout out Gia. Uh, <laughs> so a couple things that we should run through because we both have opinions on them because we talk about a lot of stuff, a lot. Fashion. We are nearing the end. I, I guess the end. Like. Of Fashion Week, New York it's Fashion the end Week. Of New York Fashion Week. So basically, week. last week was just absolutely like New York turned up to like thirty eight <laughs> because it was it was Fashion Week. It was All Star Weekend. It was also five degrees outside. Yeah, it was and also Valentine's. It was Day. also Valentine's. Like it was insane. Like like no, this should never happen in New York ever again. And it, it was one of those things where leading up to it friends of mine or people I was talking to were like but it's New York like it's it's so big you can't even feel it when one of these big events is happening but like when multiple events are happening you can feel it in little things like the subway or like things just start to break down and I felt that but ba- getting my gripes about the subway system off of my chest <laughs> fashion week it's I guess kind of almost over and you write about fashion a lot you've covered fashion for a while what's your relationship with the week are you going to shows do you are you kind of just like observing you know what other people are writing about shows and then like making your own opinions about lines like what's your relationship with it um i go to shows sometimes i don't 
I don't really need to, nor do I really have the time to go to like every show every single day, like yeah. like actual fashion editors yeah. do. <laughs> um, so I'll I'll just like for the most part every single day I'll look at the photos from every show, yeah. and then sometimes I'll read different reviews. But for the most part, I come up with my own. I come up with my own ideas. Uh-huh. <laughs> Imagine. <laughs> <clears throat> about each line and then if it's if I find that I have something interesting to say about it or I, if I want to make it I'll write about it but I don't write about every single show because it's a lot of the stuff is just not in my purview yeah and a lot of it is stuff that I find really boring <laughs> do you focus more on women's fashion yeah yeah I don't know that much about men's fashion actually so uh-huh. sorry Rem no it's fine <laughs> I, I I love I love fashion and I love fashion week. And one of the reasons I love it so much is because I know so little about it. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I genuinely cannot like throw my two cents in and I kind of enjoy that. Yeah. It's like, you, like it, it's something where I wouldn't mind over time learning about it and becoming well-versed about it and kind of knowing the intricacies. But right now it's kind of fun. Like when I read a, a well-written fashion piece. Like we were talking about that piece. Uh, what's her name? Kathy. Kathy Horan, the OG. <laughs> OG Kathy Horan. Like I read that, and basically the piece was about <clears throat> it was about Kanye's runway show. Yeah, and how she wasn't upset with it, but as someone that has like a lot of institutional memory about fashion, she was like, "Well, that piece." That he did is very reminiscent of something that's already happened. Right. It's this, it's this, this. So it's like not. She was basically kind of deconstructing the whole thing. It was and was like it's not that original. Mm-hmm. It's all pulling from lots of other things. And I read it and was just my mind was blown. I was like, that's yeah. incredible. That's just an incredible like OG piece of writing. Yeah, like my two favorites are Kathy Horan and Robin Robin Given, uh-huh. um, who is at the Washington Post back at the Washington Post um, and they are both unique in that they have that institutional memory and they have really strong voices and also they're willing to criticize because the thing about fashion writing and the fashion industry in general right now that sort of hit a wall is that people aren't necessarily willing to say something's bad if it's bad okay because a lot of it is well like kathy wrote in that kanye review a lot of it is about people's proximity to fame and proximity to um you know just access i guess yeah um which makes a lot of fashion writing really boring yeah and kathy horn is great because she's gotten kicked out of or banned from shows like huge shows really because of her criticisms like that's um, awesome hetty slamane notoriously was one um and she's just like well bye yeah. <laughs> i'm still gonna write about you or yeah whatever. she but she's like my favorite cultural critic across the board of any type of cultural criticism it's interesting and because I, I think this there is a there is a point and i think all cultural art criticism where you know, you you have to factor in something related to just pure taste. Yeah. You know, like there's you know the ability to write. There's 
there, there are lots of factors to deal with, but there are, you know, there. I do have my critics in a variety of mediums where, like, I trust what they're saying, but I also have gotten to a point where I think their taste is right. You know? Right, yeah, yeah. And I think that's, like, ha- having just, like, slightly dipped into, like, reading about fashion, it's it's hard to kind of figure out in the beginning, like, just who has the right taste because it's, I mean, all, all of this stuff is subjective. Yeah, yeah, for you know? sure. Uh, before we... We, before we started recording, we were both having a moment talking about Big Sean. Yeah. Big Sean, Kanye's label mate, good music, Rosewood, the like. <laughs> Something's happening right now in 2015. I think it started like towards the end of 2014, mm-hmm. and it's now a thing where many people in my life, smart people, uh, smart music people, friends, myself, are having that that internal battle about <laughs> whether or not Big Sean is good. Like, yeah. Like, he's like, really, is he really good? Like, what? Like, this, there are lots of things that were not supposed to happen. In my mind, one of the things that was not supposed to happen was Big Sean, like, creeping into, ever creeping out of, like, tier two. Or tier two or, and a half or, like, or tier, three. <laughs> I, I've been having a lot of, like, like what are the tiers of rap kind of um <clears throat> rap royalty right now whatever that means like mm-hmm. who who is where cuz last year was a very interesting year cuz no one put out any music yeah uh, or no one put out any albums so this year kind of like 2013 like we're going to get a project from almost everyone yeah and mm-hmm. it's going to you know <clears throat> it's going to be that moment where the hierarchy becomes clear again cuz right now it's just like just waiting on stuff and but you know i he his his verse on the control song got overlooked because kendrick right was so good but you kind of go back and listen to it and it's like a pretty good verse and then a lot of the stuff he's hopped on since are good yeah i don't mind just looking at him anymore like I don't mind the way he raps anymore he used to just annoy me in every how how are you sitting on how are you stay where do you stand on Big Sean right now I mean I feel also I feel also very conflicted because I used to like use Big Sean as like the rapper that was the worst famous rapper ever yeah um and Oh god and and it was bad. It was really bad. Like all of, he was just so sort of he was sort of banal and he didn't really seem to have any musicality to just the way that he rapped. Yeah. And he, his, his his he like wasn't ever really on rhythm it felt like. <laughs> yeah. But now I mean but now like it really kind of started turning for me was um I guess last fall when he dropped those three singles. Yeah. And I was like is this a juke song? Like he, yeah. I and I'm like, wait, maybe he has like more musical depth than I thought. Yeah. And then he sounded really good on it. I can't remember the title. Yeah, I remember. The, yeah, you remember the title? It's just I, like I remember, yeah. a jumble of letters in the internet sent from them to now, <laughs> so it doesn't have a title. It's yeah. just that big song, juke song, and it was like, I think he might, he might be onto something. And then the new single that he released with Ariana Grande, which. 
First boo. of all, his boo. his boo, if I were his boo, I would not be on that song because he's just like, oh, this girl is totally stalking me by looking at my phone and yeah, all this stuff. Also, the last time he had a boo, like that ended and he made a very popular song about said boo right which is like a very childish song but yeah. also like kind of like a good song right and this song it's like ooh, this is so gross but it's so good like he's good on it ariana grande it sounds like unicorns to yeah. me like at all times i'm just like please flow some of that butter into my world i will have a i will have a grande argument with you oh you hate Gr- grande i just <laughs> oh this is great what Tell me. <laughs> I I have a feeling by the like in six months I'll have to let go of my 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 hard stance that she's just like, beside Aguilera like two point first album Aguilera yeah because that's where that's where like, I've never I've never liked the Mariah comparison because just no don't, like don't one like, just don't compare people to Mariah. Yeah, it's just like, I'm with you on like, that. Like first six years, Mariah. Like that's just like don't don't do that. Yeah, it's but untouchable. The way she sings, like the the effortless power to how she sings sometimes is very reminiscent of definitely first album and maybe first two albums, Aguilera. Yeah, and I have I have no issue with. I guess it's not her fault, but I, I I was having some issues with people acting like they had never heard a voice like this before. I mean, well, that's like... They're like, what is... Who is... Like, I was like, I've heard this before. No, I mean, that's just like what we were saying about institutional memory. That's like people who don't have institutional memory. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, sorry like, for still keeping that Aguilar tape in constant rotation right. in 2015 like I know not everyone <laughs> Which, does that bless you also she is completely underrated in 2015 yeah. like people discount her and I'm just like Psh, get out my face because she's, she's so good she's still. so good but I think to- like tonally I I see what you're saying for sure and and the effortless power is I mean you can't mess with Aguilera on that but yeah. I think tonally Aguilera is a little bit more like slightly more guttural mm-hmm. in her voice yeah. and I think what I find very transcendent about Ariana Grande's voice is just that it's it's so lithe like she's just like literally it does sound like like unicorns writing <laughs> rainbows across a sea of baby oil you know what I mean like I'm just like who like what is this thing that is yeah. it sounds like it's she's like, that, like from Narnia it's like that something. 300 dollar like metal can of olive oil yeah that, that's like straight from like you you found it in italy and just, like you're, you're not wrong yeah you're not wrong it does yeah i mean it, i mean it does sound like i said like, i i i'm i am convinced i'm gonna come around on her i'm just like not yeah. ready to yet um and you know she's just like a giant baby She's a giant baby who likes to be carried. <laughs> She's a giant baby. But, but not that so, yeah. giant. Tiny baby. Yeah. But back to Big Sean. Yeah, so what the hell? <laughs> he I'm trying to like there's there's that song uh Detroit vs. Everybody mm-hmm. with, you know, Eminem, Royce, Dage Loaf on the on the hook, Danny Brown. And one of my one of my 
like long term indicators of if someone is like getting better or like trying to like assert themselves as like legitimate is if you can pull off that two minute verse yeah like it's very hard like that's like the th- that, that's the Andre 3000 legendary move that he has been doing for the past six or seven years where he'll just hop on a song and legit do a two minute verse yeah and it it the rest of the song becomes just just disappears yeah he just embarrasses whoever else was on the song he's had and Kendrick is also starting to do that too and it's it's incredible but not a lot of people can pull it off because you have to you have to be really good to keep someone's attention right the attention two, thing like is... a two minute bad verse is there's nothing worse than that yeah but his verse <laughs> like it's just like just stop oh, like, man. Just, let me just skip over you but that verse on that song is like a two minute verse and it's and like it gets better as the verse goes on i remember i was watching the video it was like wow like yeah this was, again this was never supposed to happen and i think in, in my mind and this is what i actually respect about him if i'm reading into this correctly is i think he sees his peers as a drake and a kendrick and a Cole and a, like whoever like the yeah. people who like not like Wale right yeah, yeah yeah you know who I think is you know to his credit in that tier 2.5 level which is like an accomplishment to mm-hmm. get even there but I, I I think Sean is like no no, no like I I I want to be talked about the way everyone talks about these guys. Like, I want, like, that excitement when they release albums. Like, I want to be over there, not, like, I'm number two guy. Yeah. Well, he, I I agree with that. And I also think that he just, he must have known how people were viewing him. Like, Mm -hmm. what was, his biggest song was Ass, right? Mm -hmm. Like, you know, whatever. Like, it was a whatever pop it it was a waste of a sample um yeah, really good sample <laughs> and um it was and and i think he kind of co- started comprehending that and i think he felt like he he felt motivated like nikki because, tier one like, yeah like, nikki tier one like if you're gonna do that on a song with nikki like there's an example of a song that like i'm like hey dj producer friends like give me the big sean free ass at it yeah. i think actually kingdom made that yeah you did he I, kingdom I so, yeah yeah, yeah. Um, but, um, but also, I wonder if like he because remember when Danny Brown was sort of like, oh, he's not really from Detroit, yeah. and then he sort of backtracked and he's like, oh yeah, yeah, I don't know, maybe he's from Detroit. Yeah. It's like I think and then he, every single song became very like very Detroit, very Detroit, <laughs> like, very exactly. like D skullcap, yeah. like everything. I, I do love that. That happens with a couple rappers where it's just like someone kind of questions your residence and it's like oh oh really like uh, okay well the next six months every video will be from this city yeah and like, <laughs> exactly yeah but he just i think he just realized like he wanted to step it up and i respect that i respect anyone who's like figures out 
and has like a moment of self reflection. I mean, I'm projecting now, but I think that he, yeah, we're always projecting. projecting. Always, (laughs) but um, I think that he probably did have a moment of self reflection and was like, "All right, like it's time to like make moves in 2015." And I think he's doing that. New year, new me. That's yeah. (laughs) Bischoff's New Year's resolution was just like be, just like do better. Like I. I respect that. Yeah. So, I, yeah. I mean, if you know, who knows if it'll work? But like, I'm, 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 I'm into him putting himself out there because you know yeah. he's, got, he's got a new album coming out. I'm, I'm into it. I mean, even if it works for three months, which that may very well be the case, like he's still changed or starting to change our opinions about him. Yeah. Which that's again. A- I had very strong opinions about that dude. God, I can't believe and, it. I can't believe yeah, it. Yeah, and here he is. So shout out Big Sean. Um, how do... Well, I guess I should preface this by saying one of the things outside of writing on the internet that you do uh, is you teach a class mm-hmm. at NYU, a class that I've been lucky enough to drop in a couple times Thank you. and talk about music writing. Uh, so wait, what's the name of this class again? Like, what, what's it's, the premise of the class? It's called Writing About Popular Music, and it's for um, the Clive Davis Institute of Recorded Music at NYU's Tisch School of the Arts. Um. <laughs> <laughs> um, and the premise is just teaching students who are mostly musicians and not necessarily trying to be music critics or trying to go into the music industry how to write properly about music whether it's criticism or just like communicating about music it's like the cool it's one of those things where i look back it's like i just i can't believe a class like that exists it's amazing that I it does either it's amazing actually like, it's amazing uh but like, <clears throat> teaching that class do you think that's that's affected the way you write do you like like getting an insight into like the youth every week and like what they're into what they're not into like the drawbacks of the things they're into like the benefits of the thing like how like how does that like how does that affect just like this the way you think about music like the way you think about i guess like what's important like do you like do you get a sense of who they like and they don't like mm-hmm. like what well, like I I it's I think it's a fascinating thing to like hop in both of these worlds a world where like these students obviously like <clears throat> are internet creatures like yeah. read all this stuff the stuff that you are part of the bubble that creates but also so many of us that write on the internet every day um aren't interacting with arguably the target audience which right. is like people like 19 20 21 year olds right exactly yeah it's really interesting to read about or to read music writing from people who don't necessarily have stakes and who don't necessarily think about their music writing peers um and who don't have any particular vested interest in emulating you know the vaunted top tier music critics of the internet and the world um and it's really exciting because, you know, they're just very curious and interested in music and they love music. And sometimes, like, say, some of the people who are producers will get insanely technical and I'll learn so much yeah. about just a particular song or they'll put me on to new stuff. Um, 
And I don't know. It's just really nice being around very curious, smart, 19, 20, yeah, like You don't have to force like, them to want to talk about music. Right. No, they <laughs> want to talk about yeah. It's like sometimes they don't necessarily want to write about music because actually like um, some people just don't read about music because they're a lot of people or not a lot of people, but some of my students historically have been just like music writing is totally pointless. I don't care what other per- other people think about this because I already have my own informed opinion. And that's when I'm really like, well, please write it. Like, yeah, like, you should maybe become a music writer. Yeah, like, fair point. With that said, like, yeah. you, you're probably the person that should be a music writer. Exactly. <laughs> the thing that I, I, going to that class three times, twice with you, once with Mara, um, who taught it. Mara Johnson, who uh, taught it. It's interesting because... I think it's important. I think it's so important to learn how to critically write at this juncture without the point being to like broadcast it and publicize it. You know, like that's like, that's for nine times out of 10, that, I mean, that, that's just gone, you know? Like Mm -hmm. writing about music is now, writing about anything now is like directly related to other people like the masses reading it right so kind of <clears throat> getting those skills in a in, like in an environment where someone of that world is reading it and like critiquing you but it the point isn't for that assignment to then please everyone else right i, I feel like there's not a lot of you know environments where that can happen because even if you have your blog and you want your blog to like blow up you 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 still are hoping other people eventually see that thing yeah you know even if they don't so it is a nice laboratory i think for like i hope a, a, a couple of really good music writers come out of that thing that program because there're not a lot of places where you can kind of hone skills like that yeah. anymore. Well, I mean, Matthew Trammell came out of that program. Yeah. Like, there you go. Shout out Trammell. Shout out Trammell. Shout out, shout out um, young, young, young Matthew. Young of, Matthew. Of the fader. Yes. I need, to, I need to have Trammell here. He's awesome. It would probably be like a 12-hour podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we would just, I don't know. It would be ridiculous. Uh, but no, so, I, what was the, what was the, the, that last time I came in, the whatever we, the discussion we had, I'm I'm trying to remember what piece it was that we were talking about. Were, were we? It, it was was it Ray was it Ray Schremert or was it something else? No, Ray Schremert was this last semester that I taught. Uh. That Ray Schremert totally <laughs> shouted me out as cool teacher at, when I was teaching you. Love but that. anyway, whatever. Oh, I I I I can't forget this story. I have a fashion story. This is this is Oh yeah. I, I have a fashion story. Okay, do you know who do you know who Nick Young is? Swaggy P? Oh yeah, of course. Yeah. Iggy Iggy's boyfriend. Yeah. Who Swaggy also, who's also into fashion. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know again, I don't know if I'm supposed to tell this story, but I think it's a great story. No, it's fine. He like Instagrammed it. So I I was told this story by someone in Nick Young's uh camp uh-huh. who uh that Nick Young was in New York for All-Star Weekend, but mainly for Fashion Week, and went to a runway show, 
And as he was getting there, Kanye was leaving. And <clears throat> they're like passing each other. And Kanye stops and like stops Nick Young and gives him like a compliment like, yo, like you're like one of the flyest guys in the league, something like something of that, <laughs> something of that nature. And, and apparently my, my friend who was with Nick as they were walking through, um, like was looking at Nick kind of to see how he, re- he would respond. It was like that obvious moment when you, you like you have to play you have to keep it cool you have yeah. to play it cool apparently Nick was like yo thanks man I appreciate it and then you know they kept walking and when Kanye like left the room Nick Young like play fainted <laughs> he, he was like it was like the greatest moment of his life I love I, that I'm like that is that's one of those things that just like gives me like like humanity is still good like famous people losing it over other famous people just like Everything about that story, Kanye stopping him, Nick feigning, like yeah. that being like the biggest moment of his life, like getting a fashion compliment from Kanye. Yes. Also, like <laughs> men who are sort of held up as the ideals of like super masculinity in our culture, just being totally dorky and like, I love that. I want that to happen more often. Like, that's such a dorky thing that he did, and that makes me like him even more. I, I am like, so pro compliment other guys outfits yeah i'm like no like those are great pants i I feel like it's always been cool to do that about sneakers right yeah but no i'm I'm past that i'm like that's a ah i like that v-neck i feel like the door has been opened for men to do that more and more like like bless honestly bless the hype beast because they really made it i completely agree i completely agree like hype beast, okay. As a, as a non-hype beast, I, know, I think it's, it's always it's very easy to just clown the 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 dudes that you know wait outside for two hours to get that hat at yeah. the Supreme store. Right. I mean, it's like it's an absurd lifestyle, but like lots of lifestyles, every soul, every subculture is absurd to some yeah. extent. But you're right. It's like there's there's a there's a wave of like there's a sense of jealousy and envy that comes when someone else gets something awesome that you want but there's also like a little bit of like that's awesome that you're wearing that yeah and like yeah i'm gonna t- i'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna tell you that yeah and like hopefully next time like maybe i'll get it and you'll compliment me right and like looking fly is not only <laughs> it's not only you know an important day-to-day thing i guess to some people but it's also just like a really culturally rich tradition yeah in in i'm not even talking about like wearing super fancy fashion week stuff i'm talking about like the tradition of looking fly uptown you know yeah. in harlem like that's so ill to me and like yeah i will say this and maybe maybe you, I think you have an opinion about this because we both spent have spent large chunks of our writing lives not having an office. Right. <laughs> oh no. Oh, once no. I, once I, it's it's such a small thing, but for two years I didn't have an office. I worked from home a lot. At most, I'd go to a coffee shop. Once I got an office, I had to start doing things in the morning, like figuring out what I was going to wear in public and like 
when that started, when that first started, I was like, oh, I was just like, you know, like dress as bummy as I usually do. But then I was like, wait, like I'm gonna be in an office all day. Yeah, like, I can't. I don't want to wear that shirt two days in a row. I want to be on the subway in the morning. Like, oh yeah, I like looking. What fly is in my head? I like doing that every day. It doesn't have to be fancy, but yeah. it's like, oh, I'm gonna wear my my drug rug hoodie. <laughs> I love it. Like, you have like a really specific and really awesome refined Rembert style, it's though. A, it's a, I don't I don't I know exactly what it is. Yeah, it's very weird, but it's, it's it, so weird. <laughs> it's very weird, but I, I'm still I'm still into it because I'm still doing it. Right, and it's it, like you pull it off because you're doing it naturally, like. Everyone says this, but like style is way more interesting than fashion. Like, you know, like yeah. fat. Like you can go to Fashion Week and you can wear stuff straight off the runway, and and that's cool. But like, that's why Rihanna is awesome because she has mm-hmm. style. Like she's just like she has style. She had style before people were giving her clothes. Right. Oh yeah. Totally. You know, like you can tell those people who is like, even if they had like twenty dollars. They would still look better than everyone else. Yeah, exactly, and that's that's the thing. Like, like what is that? I love that. Oh, uh, thanks. It's I got it on sale at Zara. <laughs> I'm talking. We're talking about uh, if you're if you're just listening, Julianne <laughs> and I are just complimenting each other's outfits, <laughs> which is where I, I pretty much knew that's where this was going to go at some point. <laughs> I'm so happy we got here. <laughs> me too. It only took like 30 minutes, but now we're just complimenting. Each Honestly, one of my, to me, this iconic Rember outfit is. <laughs> I'm so I'm so excited right now. Is you with your Cameron T-shirt, and like perhaps not matching basketball shorts. Yes. And and like socks and sneakers and a hat, and it's like the way that you wear that. Like in theory, it's like. Here's an outfit. Like, it's a t-shirt and shorts, whatever. But, like, the way that you wear that, maybe it's, like, the fit and cut. This of- is the greatest moment of this podcast right now. <laughs> I've never been happier than I am right now. <laughs> no, but it's true. Like, the, I think you wore that exact outfit at Lollapalooza two years ago. And I just remember feeling, like, really elated about it. Oh, yeah. I was really elated about that outfit that I just bounced because that ended up being like the whack Lollapalooza. It was a weird Lollapalooza. <laughs> I, was a, I was so happy to see Jay and then... And got then, weird. And then it got weird. It got weird to... somewhere between Kendrick Lamar and Nine Inch Nails. <laughs> <laughs> it happens. It happens. Um, I have another fashion question. Okay. Oh, this is something that you brought up and I, I'm... I can't decide if I hope this happens or I don't hope this happens, but we were talking about baggy clothes. Uh-huh. And, you know, as <laughs> is true with most art, uh, fads and trends uh, are cyclical. Things come back. Things reappear. Things rear their pretty or ugly head. And Julianne has a theory. That might not be your theory, but a theory that you support. It is my that theory. <laughs> baggy in a couple years will like be back. What? Why? Yeah. What are what are the things that <clears throat> you're pinpointing that are starting to convince you this might be true? Okay, so like in November, I I mean, I pay so much attention to Rihanna in general, but also like for the past couple years, I've been just like 
looking at what she's wearing on Getty, like looking at every day yeah. at Getty. That's why I started writing this column um, at Jezebel called the Rihanna Report. That's sort of a crazed. It's a really good column. <laughs> the, the re-report. The, the report. The report. It's like a crazed version of my own fandom. Like if if I didn't have to, I mean, this is what it is. It's like if my fandom didn't have to pay attention to um, grammar, structural writing, and could just be like borderline stocky. Yeah, <laughs> that's exactly what this column is, mm-hmm. and it's so fun to write because I'm like. Because people think I'm clowning it. I'm like, no, this is like actually me unfiltered. <clears throat> like it is my brain just like stream of consciousness break, yeah. which kind of scares me a little bit. Yeah. But um, I started writing because I'm like, well, what am I going to do with the fact that I just look at her clothes on Getty every yeah. single day? But anyway, so last November, she wore a pair, wore an outfit by this um, London based designer is called Marquez Almeida. And um And uh, so basically they do denim um, that's sort of like raggedy at the ends, like they leave the selvage. Um, And so she was wearing these giant raver jeans, like, yeah, like late 90s, early 2000s. Like flare flare jeans or just like Like flare and straight leg flare, like, but not like flare, like bell bottomy or any like gross (laughs) yeah, <laughs> not, it wasn't a gross flare, yeah. but it, you know, the, and I was like, wait a minute, this is going to happen. Cause you know, she's ahead on everything, every single thing. Um, and then I started noticing that, um, I can't remember what the designer is, but there was, um, a, I think Dutch designer selling giant raver jeans in the V file store okay. for like $300 and they sold out or maybe even more, but they sold out like that. Yeah. And, I'm like, okay, this is going to happen. And then, so I wrote this whole thing about, like, you're going to be wearing these jeans. Like, good luck with your giant jean future in 2016. Like, a month later, which is, like, two days ago, Junko decides that they are going to re-manufacture Junkos, which makes me feel psychic. But not really. I just pay attention to stuff. But... Um, I'm not really psychic. I I just look at things. It's one of those things where if I have to, I'm not going to explain what Jinko jeans are. If you don't, if you don't know what they are, (laughs) that's legit on you. But Jinko's got to go like top five, just like nineties artifacts. Just, I had, I had one pair. You did? Whoa. I had a hand-me-down Jinko jean oh, pair. What were they like? Regular denim, or did they were they did they have color? Were they color? No, they were um, they were just like blue, regular, just blue, yeah. like just this <clears throat> kid with a little waist, and just like I could fit my body <clears throat> in the left pants leg, I could fit my body in the right pants leg. It was yeah. like this. It was a period of my life where, and it was a period for about nine months. I wrote about this once where my, the Mighty Ducks movies were out, and so like everyone in my like all black neighborhood started playing street hockey for like nine months. Like everyone like put away the basketball hoops, and everyone for Christmas, <laughs> you have written, you everyone for Christmas got like hockey sticks, yeah. and so everyone was just like learning how to skate and like playing <laughs> hockey in the middle of the street in Atlanta. And I think that was the moment that I also, I think. 
that moment, getting those jeans moment, and my friend <laughs> letting me listen to like, Nirvana Unplugged, that CD for the first <laughs> time, like that all happened. <coughs> that all happened like in one season. And then, yeah. like, it all disappeared. Like, yeah, it just crumbled. It all just, yeah. yeah. It all, I went back to just like my standard Old Navy carpenter jeans for the next like seven or eight years. It was a beautiful blip. But like, it was a blip. And yeah. I'm glad that blip happened. If that, my thing is so if those jeans come back, like, who, like, who wears them first? Like, what famous person wears them? first like it's it's interesting because we're at we're at the point where you know the like skinny jeans on dudes that's not something to like think twice about like i remember that first moment like the that that first moment where jay where jay-z wore skinny jeans was like the earth just exploded because people were like wait oh so this is like now you remember when skinny jeans Rappers was like a category. Like, oh, yeah. where you, like oh, I don't listen to skinny jeans rappers. Yeah. It was like, like what? It was like, a, it was like a subcategory of like backpack rappers. Yeah, like skinny jeans rappers. Yeah, I don't care about those. Yeah. Um, but Young Thug wears skinny jeans, so I'm into it. Cause I bet Young Thug would do it. Junkos. If he just, if he went from wearing the tightest jeans to just like going just like completely, and I, I would be so into that. Young Thug, if you're watching this, Jinkos. Young Thug, if you're watching this, know that you're like still my favorite person. You're the I, best person. I love, I love Thugger. I, speaking of fashion, Thugger is like the. Greatest. Oh, he's like my fashion icon. He's incredible. He, he's just like skinny blue jeans, fur vest, like gloves with no fingers, things there, just like nose ring. Yeah, he's he incredible. doesn't care. He's just like, he's like a kitchen sink vintage shopper kind of <laughs> yeah. which is like my ideal of fashion and style is like just throw it all on and see and if you can make it work then like you rule i can't believe i'm saying this because i'm just giving up I'm, I'm i'm giving up an awesome story idea oh man but i just think it's funny <laughs> someone just taking young thug to the brooklyn flea and just being like just like just having a camera behind him and watching him walk around yeah like a two-story flea market for two hours just seeing what he like he has enough money to get by whatever he wants which typically isn't the case for the average brooklyn flea right. shopper it's like i got like 50 bucks like maybe i'll find one thing yeah like him like the way famous people like shut down like a a high designer store yeah it's yeah. like no thug at the flea yeah like yo that would be so awesome you know what i bet he would do something really unpredictable like he would w be really interested in like antique vanities with like intricate woodworking yeah like like <laughs> i feel like he's like very into compartments yeah <laughs> like something that opens up and then there's another thing that opens yeah. up and then there's like a secret <laughs> mirror and like <laughs> god so <laughs> okay <laughs> Someone has a week to do that. If you don't do it in a week, then sorry, sorry. Then, not, then I'm taking it. I'm, 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 I'm claiming that as you my should own. just do it now. Yeah, yeah. Um, here's how I want to end. I want to end on Northwest. I can't remember a time when a a child 
has been so in the middle of fashion. Like, like celebrity kids all, uh, you know, there's like entire sections of Us Weekly about like celebrity kids and, you know, people were very interested about what like Surrey Cruz would wear like in the park. Right. But this is like, we're, we're in like another stratosphere right now. A stratosphere that Blue Ivy didn't even get to. Right, because Blue Ivy's parents were like, you're not going to see... Blue Ivy is basically covered by a Michael Jackson blanket for like the first yeah. three years of her life. She's like a... she's It's like, like Malia, Sasha, Blue Ivy in terms of like how guarded they are. Yeah. Also, Malia and Sasha, great fashion sense. Incredible <laughs> yeah. fashion sense. Like, but also their mom is... Michelle Obama. Michelle Obama, who right. knows what she's doing. Knows what she's doing. But, so basically, in, ca- in case you missed this, um, Northwest, the, the the child of Kim and Kanye, was just pretty much just out at, <laughs> at fashion shows all, all week. And, you know, w- was was dressed better than everyone else at the fashion show. Yeah. And it's weird. It's weird. Like... People have taken their kids to fashion shows before, like the Beckhams, like Victoria Beckham takes her kids often. Um, but this is like, I think, the first time that a baby has been there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, like I, the the age where they don't know anything that's going on around them. Yeah. Like, I mean, not to slander Kanye, but like, you know, there are images of... North crying at the Kanye show, right? Yeah. And it's like... <laughs> Next to Beyonce, who was just like... <laughs> like, word. <laughs> um, and you can watch the Kanye show on YouTube. Mm-hmm. And the part of the um, presentation was Vanessa Beecroft had all these trumpets playing, uh-huh. right? And yeah. it was like these this sustained note of trumpet of like... And then it would stop. And then the the line of models would walk off, and then it would start again. Uh-huh. And and it, I, watching it on YouTube gave me like a sense of disorientation, just like listening to it out of my computer speakers. Yeah. So I imagine that North was probably reacting to like post apocalyptic trumpets, because <laughs> <laughs> um, every other fashion show, she, she seemed pretty chill. But yeah, it's it's interesting, like. Kathy Horan wrote in her Kanye review that she suspects that Northwest might be the center of the fashion universe. That's where I read that. Yeah. I mean, she's wearing, like, fur Doc Martens, like, full custom Alexander Wang. I mean, from birth. (laughs) From birth. Like, Givenchy, custom Givenchy, like, custom Stella McCartney, everything. Like, she's she's the most swagged out baby in America and the world. Well, maybe, I guess maybe like you know it doesn't cost as much because it's le- less fabric because she's so small. That's true, but baby clothes are apparently very. Like expensive. this is like the thing where it's like, well, why do you buy your? Up until this point, it was that thing where it's like, why do you buy your baby Jordans when they're going to be a size bigger in like twenty three days? Yeah. <laughs> Like that, uh, up until recently, like that was the most ridiculous thing I'd ever seen people do with their kids. Just like buy them a hundred dollars shoes, knowing that they were pretty much disposable shoes after two weeks. Yeah. 
This is that times like 150 million. And also when little kids get a little bit bigger and then they can dress their dolls in their old baby clothes. Like imagine North's doll in like a full chinchilla. Like (laughs) what? Oh my god. Like just buy a doll, just tear like rip off like it's like this like like wrapping yeah. up wrapping up Rosie in in a, a nine thousand dollar fur so it's not happening Rosie I'm sorry Rosie is pretty fly though I like the suit the, Rose, uh, this, this is like a very fashion for like this is this is this is a very flattering like 1995 yeah uh, interpretation of Rosie that I got like in Indiana on that road trip and her hair is always messed up but I. She's she's like very ride or die. You should put co- coconut oil in it. Oh my god! In her plastic <laughs> hair, you're yeah. so right. You're so right. Uh, Julianne, this was really Remember. fun. This was really fun. Thank you for coming to my class. I wrote that in my note. For... I wrote that in my note section. It's like called the podcast your class. <laughs> <laughs> That's so embarrassing. <laughs> That's cool. But yeah, thank you for Professor coming. Brown. Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. This was great. Uh, thank you everyone for listening and watching, and uh, see you next time. Thank you for listening to Grantland. To hear more Grantland shows in your earballs, subscribe to Grantland Sports and Grantland Pop Culture on iTunes, or go to Grantland.com and click on podcasts.